Um, morning, Bill. Um, I thought maybe we'll get into the history of the holder today on this Friday. Sure. No. <laughs> I, well, do you got, what do you got? <laughs> you, the specialization of the holder? Yeah, it's not the position players much anymore. There you go. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on his, his career and him as a player? Oh, tremendous. Um, tremendous. Great career at New Orleans and then Philly and now back to New Orleans. Um, really one of the one of the better safeties uh, through the years that we've competed against. Fortunately, he's been in the other conference. And we've only seen him a few times, but um, really does does everything well. Very instinctive, smart player that can control the defense. Um, good tackler, good cover player. Um, always around the ball. Really, really good football player. I know he has a lot of positive impact on his teammates and team and you know, coaches that have coached him. You know, just have so many positive things to say about him. So I'm not familiar with that, but just in terms of watching him play, that all comes out. Now I haven't seen a lot of him uh, again, fortunately, but um, when I have, it's it's all good. <clears throat> Next question, Chris Ryan, followed by Bob Sosa. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Good, Chris. Uh, I wanted to kind of get you to expand a little bit upon uh, some of your comments about uh, Sean Payton from earlier this week where you talked about how impressed you are with how he attacks uh, defenses. What you know, stands out specifically about a Sean Payton offense, and have you seen an altering with uh, Drew Brees no longer there? I think Sean's always done a real good job of using his personnel. Um, and it's not like it's, you know, a whole bunch of new plays every week. That's not really what he does. Um, but he he uses his players um, effectively, and he uses a lot of personnel groups, so more personnel groups than any other team in the league. Um, and those combinations, uh, they operate very quickly. Uh, they're on and off the field. They're in and out of the huddle. They're up the line. The ball's snapped. And um, if you take time to break it all down, you can sort of figure out, yeah, well, this is why he's in this set, and that's why he's doing this and that, and that's what this guy does well, and that's where he's got him there. But it's hard to do it during the game because it happens so fast. And then as soon as that plays over, he's got somebody else in there and a whole other set of you know personnel, formations, motion, ball snapped. And so it's... It's hard to, to stay ahead of Sean just because he operates so quickly with so many variables. Um, all the receivers play, all the tight ends play, the backs play, um, there's two different quarterbacks, there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff. And then just the breadth of the offense from, um, you know, his time there uh, since whatever it was, 06 or whenever he got there, um, you know, it's... There, there's a lot of volume, and and he doesn't. If you watch, if you watch any game, I think you look at it and say, oh, I've seen that play before. I've seen that play before, but it might have been two years ago, you know, or might have been eight games ago. So, you, the he he's got a he's got a pretty, you know, pretty good breadth to his system, and 
he continually does things that they know how to do that they're familiar with, but he dresses them up differently or maybe it's something he hasn't used in a while and you're not preparing for it, but it's something that's really a part of their system and it's not really a new play for them. So, and he, again, does a good job attacking defenses and matching things up that, you know, create problems for your defense. And so when you look at film, you're looking at what he's done, but that was against somebody else's defense. And it's really hard to predict how he's going to treat you and what, what matchups he's really going to try to, you know, exploit. Um, you know, obviously we know Camaro is going to get the ball and there's some things that are, you know, pretty straightforward, but the details of it and how he does it and all are very creative and, um, and he moves very fast. And so that's really, I think that's the problem that it creates is how fast he moves and how quickly the defense has to recognize and adjust. And then they're on to something else. They're a very good situational team. Um, they obviously are coached that well and know what they're doing and, and uh, you better be ready to play good situational football against them, or you know they'll, you know they'll they'll slice you up there too. And honestly, each week carries you know that that weight of being significant. But is a week like this exciting for for you individually in that you're you're matching up with this person that you have obviously a lot of respect for? Well, we have respect for everybody in this league. There's. Everybody has good players and good coaches, and and they work hard, and they're they're all accomplished, or they wouldn't wouldn't be here. So uh, each week's a challenge, but you know when you when you play a team uh, like like this once every four years, um, there's a lot of a lot of water under the bridge from one game from the 17 game to this game, and and the 17 games relevant, but so are a lot of other things that happen along the way, and. You know, you just have to try to figure out, you know, how to how to best prepare your team. Again, defensively, I'm speaking for the things they do now. You know, offensively, uh, you know, Coach Allen, you know, is, again takes a little different approach, but they've been very successful too. And the best run defense in the league in the last three years. And you know, again, they're a good situational defense as well. Um, they're outstanding in the kicking game. So. It's really no plays off against the Saints. Doesn't matter what the play is; they're they're capable of you know producing an explosive play, and you can't you know you can't really leave any stone unturned against them. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, you're welcome, Chris. Uh, next question, Bob Sosie, followed by Mike Reese. All right, thanks, Stacy. Mike, I had a couple of questions, and both are follow-ups. One is to something you just talked about with Sean. Watching tape, you may see a play that you've seen before, but it might've been two years ago or eight years ago. And I think we've learned, at least in my time calling your games, that, that you guys are the same way. You may run a play in Super Bowl 51 that you ran in the same stadium years earlier, you know, on the same kind of game uh, with the direct snap to, to James White there. Is, is that from, when you come up with a play like that, generally speaking, without revealing state secrets, is that from recall? Is there? Do you go back and refresh? Do you and Josh go back and refresh, or, or you know, uh, with the defensive staff, plays through the years, or, or you know, how does how do you draw from a play you ran eight years ago and, and put it in this week's game plan? All right. Well, that that's a you know that's a great question, uh, Bob, and and uh, it usually comes with um, so, or I shouldn't say usually. Oftentimes, it comes with a you know, a lengthy game plan meeting. Um, 
but you know some of the things you try to do or you try to attack the defense in this case we're talking about our offense and their defense you know you try to attack the defense and so what are the you know what are the areas you want to attack and and uh you know you fall back on uh you know your menu of things that you know man-to-man coverage zone coverage pressure over under you know, good defensive end, good defensive tackle, good corner, good say, you know, whatever it is. And, and then, you know, you also have to take into consideration what you've done, what you're good at, and also what they've seen. So, um, you know, sometimes you, you know, you run a play, maybe not because you think it's like the greatest play against this defense that's ever been drawn up, but because you've done something in the last couple of games that's kind of developed a little bit of a pattern that you want to break and and so the the motivation for running the play maybe isn't necessarily that you know it's going to just kill this defense it's just that well this is a complement to what we've been doing and and it's a good sound play and if they kind of overplay our tendency then you know maybe we'll have an opportunity here you know and then there are other plays that you think well this is really a good scheme play against this team and and if it's one you haven't run in a while then you have to measure the you know, creativity of the play with the execution, right? And so you, okay, now this is a great play if we run this. Um, <clears throat> but you you can't always predict what the defense is going to be in. And if you catch the right thing, then, you know, you might have what you're looking for and you might have, a you know, a, an explosive play. If you catch something else, then, you know, you've got to be able to execute it against a different defense or a different coverage or, you know, whatever. So... You know, and if you only run the play once or twice and you're counting on, well, they're going to be here, and then you get into the game and you call, then it's something else, then you kind of don't have much, right? So that's that's kind of the balance of picking out a play that <clears throat> looks good against some things, but there's there's no absolutes. You can never, I think, be 100% sure <clears throat> where they're going to be or what they're going to call. They have enough variety in what they do that if it matches up, great. If it doesn't, you know, you need to have some kind of an answer for the play um, in the event that you don't get the look that you're hoping for or expecting. So however you create that. And so those are the kind of things that you go back and forth on. And uh, if you always knew what what the play they were going to run was or what defense they were going to be in, it'd be a lot easier to call plays. But, you know, that's not the case. So you have to have, um, as a team, you have to be able to execute whatever it is you call against, you know, multiple things of course you have a lot more control on that on offense than you do on defense but it's still some of the same fundamental issues so that's you know kind of i would say the nuts and bolts of of the decision making process and then what actually gets decided you know then that of course rolls into you know maybe you you have a couple plays a way to attack a certain coverage or whatever and and the quarterback's like well i really like that and and uh, and it might be well, you know, this one's a little harder for me, or I, I, it's not, you know, it's not as clean. I like this other one a lot better. Well, then you go with the one that, you know, the quarterback likes better, obviously, because he's the one who has to read it and throw the ball. Or if it's a running back, maybe it's, you know, here's a couple, you know, running plays, but the the back really is is better at doing one thing than the other. And you know, maybe you you set that preference because of who you're going to have running the ball, you know, on that play, whether that's, you know. Again, we have several backs, so depending on who's going to be in there doing it, maybe you, you know, might prefer one over the other based on, you know, on that on that player person's style or the type of runner he is. So, 
again, there's a number of things that, that go into it, and, like, those are some of them. So, and that, you know, again, that, that leads to sometimes some longer game plan meetings. And, and yeah, and just very, very quickly related to that, I mean, regarding the quarterback's input, for example, on an offensive game plan, when you go from a veteran quarterback, you know, thinking back to a scene in, in an NFL films piece back in 2009, I think, where he was recalling something that you ran in the past, and Ed, you were talking about Ed Reed and the Ravens and what they do, and he could draw from him his memory. Well, now you have a, a rookie quarterback who, right. who, who doesn't have that memory bank. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, so how much how much leeway does a young quarterback have to say, you know, I don't like this player? How do you, how do you get him to feel confident enough to say, you know, I don't like that play, as opposed to you know just agreeing to run, you know? Yeah, and 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 I think that's a I think that's a, a really that's um, a great question, and it's it's part of the whole coaching process. Um, you know, a lot of times a young player might say, you know, I don't really like that play. Um, and part of it may be he doesn't really understand the full play, you know, because he just doesn't have enough experience with it. And, and so sometimes, um, you know, the player will come around, maybe after you've run the play two or three times in practice and say, oh, I, you know, I see that now. I really like it. You know, I didn't at first, and, and this was the, the, you know, where it was cloudy, but now that really makes sense to me. And I, you know, I love this play. Like I see exactly what we're trying to do. Um, and, and sometimes it goes the other way and you, it's just one of those things that for whatever reason, the player, one player is comfortable with it. And the next player just for whatever reason isn't. And, and then you run it and it doesn't have a good result. And you're like, Oh, you know, we, we kind of knew this, you know, wasn't something that this particular player was, you know, felt good about. And so you just have to make that decision as a coach that, you know, you just, if, you, if they don't like it or if it doesn't look good in practice or you're not confident in it, then throw it out. And we have enough other plays that we can run. But it, it's, I think that's the developing the relationship with, you know, the head coach, the quarterback, the, the offensive coordinator slash play caller, uh, and kind of everybody being on the same page, but you know, in the games, things tr move quickly and things happen quickly, and and there's definitely a decision-making element that every quarterback has. That's um, he has the ball, he sees what he sees, he has to make a decision, and and the coaching is really you know out of it at that point because you know things have happened that have have overridden the intent or the execution of the play. So, but. How, how all that gets aside, I'd say it's certainly a process, you know, and it's no different on defense. It's, you know, some linebackers that, uh, you know, that say, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to run this defensive lineman on a stunt because he doesn't run it very well. I'd rather just play it straight. Okay, the next guy gets in there and says, you know, hey, this other guy's in here. I'm going to, if he's in there, I'm calling that stunt because, you know, I think that'll be a great call for us in that situation. So, some of that's a little bit dependent on, on the personnel and, and, you know, how confident the players who are making those decisions, whether it's a, a coverage adjustment or a stunt or a play call or, you know, that kind of thing. It's, you know, then the, the players have to make that decision, you know, as they, as the, the, the opponent presents it. Well, thank you very much. My apologies to my colleagues. Thanks for your patience as well. Yeah, those game planning questions are always, always interesting. It's fascinating. Thank you. My priest, always that cost. Bill, I know the focus is on the Saints. I did want to ask if you had any response to Alex Guerrero's remarks in the Boston Herald 
about his view of your handling of Tom Brady, if you had any response to those remarks. Yeah, I appreciate the question. I know there's a lot of interest for obvious reasons in, in uh, next week's game, but let's kind of, we're focused on the Saints here, and we'll, on Monday we'll get to next week. Next question, Zach Cox, followed by Hart. Morning, Bill. Hey, Zach. Uh, Jacoby has played pretty much every offensive snap this season. Uh, just curious what kind of growth you've seen from him from, from the end of last year uh, up through up through now. Um, yeah, a, a lot. I mean, just really as a player, you know, Jacoby's had a, a very, I would say, steady um, growth since he's come here, um, you know, undrafted, um, you know, really was was kind of a, a little bit of an unusual fit in the offense just from his background. And, and it's interesting. I talked to, you know, uh, coaches that he had, um, you know, at NC State and and uh, just he's just an interesting kid. You know, he's not really the profile of a slot receiver. He's not really the profile of a perimeter receiver. Um, but he does both, and, you know, he, he has a good skill set that enables him to be multiple, and he's smart, um, and just doesn't really, I would say, fit the, you know, the exact profile you would have for, you know, one particular spot, but the combination of all of them, he, you know, he's, he does pretty well. And, um, uh, you know, he's become a, you know, much better in every phase of the game, blocking, um, man-to-man route running, inside routes, outside routes, zone awareness, um, you know, just adjusting to the quarterback, which, you know, he's played for, you know, now really three different quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, that's that's all part of it too. And he continues to do a lot of the little things that are important, uh, not only at his position, but within the entire group and, and has given a lot of good leadership to the receiver group because he has the most experience in our system of any of those players. So, you know, of course, Nelly and, and KB have played a lot of football, but Jacoby's played more for us. So, um, but it's been very, uh, you know, consistent and uh, it hasn't, you know, it wasn't just one to year one to year two, but it was, uh, and then year two to year three, you know, he's really, he's really, you know, moved up every year and, and throughout the course of each season too. So um, I think everybody, I mean, I certainly have a lot of respect for what he's accomplished and, and um, you know how how much how hard he's worked to to work on his weaknesses and and improve those you know those areas to become a you know kind of a a receiver that can do a lot of different things for us. So I'd say as we wrap this up, that's a good segue into into this weekend with Julian um, being Julian Edelman Day. Um, that's kind of similar to what Julian did, uh, and Julian is another guy that kind of you know. First of all, he's a quarterback. So, is he a running back? Is he a receiver? Is he a returner? Uh, well, turns out he's actually played a little bit of defense too. And Julian also played inside and outside, and and you know did did multiple things for us. And um, took him a little while to get on the field, probably a little longer than it's taken Jacoby. But you know, in the end, you know, had a tremendous career, um, had tremendous production in, in every area. Um, receiving and run after catch, punt returns, and you know was a good blocker. Was a really tough, competitive kid. You know was right up there at the top of the guys that I've coached. Um, and so it's really um, 
you know, be great to see Julian. Um, assuming that he doesn't like roast me or get into a big impersonation. Um, but you know, be great to see him again and and um, and recognize him for the for the great career that he had here and you know how much he meant to this team, this organization, and um, you know how much he stepped up for us in in big games. Um, you know, year after year, week after week. So. Thank you. Appreciate everyone's time. Uh, sorry for the long-winded answers. Um, we'll see you Sunday. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, hey, thanks Bill.